welcome to the, let's say, it's the season review episode of Rambo Chat Soccer Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Jonathan Azo. I'm here with Ryan Sigurdsson, Mazamalegi out again, Circle Rules referee again. Um, Ryan, I mean, we could have like, probably predicted that and coordinated better, but we didn't, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm pretty sure... I, like, you know, Mazin flies around on his broomstick, referees, and I, I still don't understand the game. He's explained it to me. I think I could watch it. it, it it's sort of like watching uh, Euchre. I could watch it and not necessarily understand it. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a good way of putting it. So we're going to review the Premier League today. Uh, we're going to talk about the Europa League final, which, you know, I, I think the result is as expected. Maybe not necessarily the scoreline, but... Uh, Atletico winning um, certainly what I would have predicted, what I would have hypothetically put money on, um, and and we're going to talk about a little bit. You know, we could we could re- uh, preview the FA Cup. We could pr- talk about the Champions League a little bit. We're starting to get to that uh, now. Now down to almost a week away, and and I'm pretty pumped for that. It's it's exciting when you when your team's in, Ryan. That you know. It's it's exciting. I haven't exciting. Been, I haven't been paying attention in the last ten minutes. <laughs> um, all right, let's start at the bottom of the Premier League table. Um, we're going to start with the relegation teams. We're going to talk about how these teams are going to rate their season. Obviously, relegation teams it's a little bit easier, and then we're going to work our way up the table. So West Brom, Stoke, and Swansea. I want to group them together because I mean it's not like you know one of these teams is going to be happy with their season. Um, talk to me a little bit about West Brom, Stoke, and Swansea. And what was your biggest surprise out of these three? And what was, um, I don't know, which one was expected and which one was your surprise? I, I mean, the surprise is Stoke here, right? Like, yeah, they, have, the, they have the 100%. talent. They have the talent. They have had the, we'll say, continued existence in the Premier League to have the money to, like, not be in this situation. I mean, half a decade ago, they were, like, you know, potential top 17, top eight team if they, you know, got everything together. Uh, so this is surprising. I've, I'm worried about Stokes. This feels like one of those seasons that kind of like Fulham had a few years ago or um, QPR at times where they kind of, if once they're out, they all of their best players are like, are just going to leave because they want to play in the Premier League or want to play in a top class league and then they really struggle to to keep it going you know hopefully they can you know kind of withstand the new financial penalty of dropping down to the championship but they're disappointing West Brom it's weird because they were so kind of out of it in terms of like relegated back in February that the fact that they kind of fought a little bit and picked up more wins under their third manager of the year than like either of the prior two that like yes you're relegated but it's kind of a there's there is some hope maybe that you can yo-yo back up a little bit uh, with uh, shuffling the deck a little bit, but obviously disappointing. Um, and I like, Swans. I like, I like your shuffling the deck analogy. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, and Swans, I think, is this is a pretty disappointing result. They, the, yeah, they have the talent um, using a lot of Chelsea's loan players. I think they, they have a top in a Premier League, you know, bottom half of the table for sure, but they have the talent that I think more so than a, a Brighton or a Huddersfield or a Bournemouth, but you know, they're also three points away. They had a rough end of the season. 
I don't think we see Swans for a few more years. They could be a while for their backup. I could see them kind of cycling through the championship, maybe even dropping again. So, without saying a lot, they're not Sunderland. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Swans, Swans out of all the teams at the bottom, actually out of all the teams in the Premier League, took points from the least amount of games, um, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, 17. The next closest is 19, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just looking at the table... Um, I agree with you about the talent. I mean, I just want to read off like Stokes roster you know, for a minute. Like Shakiri, obviously, Hesse, uh, Ryan Shawcross, Sato Barahino, Diouf, uh, Joe Allen. Um, Kevin yeah. Weimer, who he, he got a, a cup of coffee at Tottenham, I believe. <laughs> um, Bruno Martins, Indy. You know, like Affly. Um, third, third. Peter Crouch. Peter, well, yeah, Peter Crouch. I was avoiding saying Peter Crouch. <laughs> you can't ignore, um, the, uh, ignore the giraffe. I mean, no, you can't ignore the giraffe also because he contributed a lot of offense to them this year. Yeah, he had uh, five goals. <laughs> you know, uh, for for Stoke, I mean, for thirty-five goals, it, it's not a lot. Um, it's it's I believe like fifteenth or sixteenth in the, the table, but. Obviously, they weren't able to plug up their defense. I mean, they had the worst defense in the league, allowing 68 goals against, which is that's crazy. That's and they, they weren't unlucky. Their expected goals were 65, which is also yeah. worse in the Premier League. Yeah, so. I, I mean, so so they obviously know where they need to shore up, uh, what they need to shore up for the championship season. Um, I think for them, it's probably, uh, I, I think they're going to be battling to come right back. I mean, they're just too good not to, right? I, I might be shortchanging the championship a little bit, but I, this roster is just stacked. <laughs> for, yeah, it's pretty for stacked. For a relegation, I it's mean, for stacked a for a relegation team. team. I, my, yeah. my always concern is it is well, who leaves. You know, it's the same thing as Swans. If you looking looking at Swansea's schedule or not schedule roster, like Tom Carroll. I think still has a promising career ahead of him. Both Ayu brothers, Ki Sung Yu is good. Um, Renato Sanchez played at Bayern Munich the year before this year, and now is on a you know relegated team. Uh, Tammy Abraham is a good player. So both of these two teams have the talent if everyone sticks around to bounce back up. But in my mind, for, is that I think the for key? both of these teams, right? So yeah. you know, we just mentioned Swans Stoke or Stoke's defensive record. Swans weren't much better. Uh, it's like, how do you attract, how do you build on that? So how do you attract people to come play in the championship? Big names come to play in the championship. The answer is you really don't. So you really have to build these teams through your academy. You have to build these teams through uh, transfers from lower leagues. Yeah, which, you've got to you've got to find guys in the second level French league or the Portuguese league that, um, or, that you can or develop. Even the or even the championship, I would yeah. say you could you could bring guys in who who know they might be playing for a team that's going to be playing in the Premier League, you know, in one or two years. But it's a crapshoot, and it's it's not going to cost you a lot of money. It's just going to cost you a lot of space on your roster and time. Um, you only have so many moves that you can make in the transfer window, and and with lower league transfers, with academy players, uh, more often than not, uh, it doesn't work out. Yeah, and when you don't have NBC money coming in next year, you've got it, it, it just becomes a little more difficult. Yeah, not just NBC money. I mean, the, the, the lucrative contracts through England, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's, although it, it goes under the ra- radar, but, but the championship is actually the second most lucrative. Yeah, it's a very rich, it's a pretty rich league compared to yeah. other leagues in Europe, yeah. 
Um, we'll talk about the, uh, the, actually we should add this to the, to the docket. We'll talk about the championship promotion game and the money behind that game. And, uh, after we go through the table, because that is one of my favorite games of the year, every year, I believe, it's on, <laughs> I believe it's on Monday. Um, all right. Southampton. So terrible year, terrible year, but I want to talk about how we've been saying they're going to stay up all season. (laughs) I think until week 36, I was saying that they were going to stay up and they stood up. I have to, I have to pat myself on the back for this. Um, Listen, they took games. They took points from 22 games this year, which if you look at the table is as many as it's actually more than uh, Newcastle in 10th. It's one below Leicester and and Everton in eighth and ninth. Uh, Southampton's, problem was was blowing games late um you know in minus 19 terror it's a bad goal differential but it's not worse than many of the teams above them uh i i think they struggled offensively um they did yeah they didn't have anyone with more than charlie austin played a thousand minutes and scored seven goals and was the team leader on goals like that's that's rough yeah i mean they averaged less than a goal a game um and really, they ran through a couple of coaches this year as well. Um, Which is very un-Southampton-like. Southampton has historically been the team of, okay, we have this great academy, we develop great talent, we can replace coaching and you know player talent that drops away with academy guys like Pochettino. Like he was, there was you know supposedly no drop off after he left, but this year they just became another lower to mid-tier English team that just recycles managers. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, to be fair, Van Dyke gets poached midseason, um, and, and they sort of had that hanging over them for the first half of the season, right? Um, but overall, I mean, they got the job done when they needed to get the job done. Uh, good job on them to to be able to stay up. And I think for a team and a, a really a, a group with such a good academy program like you're saying um i just i don't see them going down next year either i mean we'll get to huddersfield and brighton but they're still in the (laughs) league you know they're right above southampton right so i and between the promoted teams i i think southampton will you know obviously a down year but um i i think they have a lot of the ceiling is high for them um in terms of you know at least finishing top half of the table next year uh, Huddersfield. Let's just talk about Huddersfield and Brighton together because how the hell did these teams stay up? I mean, Huddersfield. <laughs> we were saying Huddersfield, like, you know, they have to be going down at the end of the year. They did the damn thing, the, though. They took they two points in those three games. <laughs> exactly against against teams that they had no business taking points against in the end of the year. Granted, I mean, those teams really had nothing to play for. Although City City was playing for a record-setting year, uh, which they did anyway. But two teams that we thought were going to go down, uh, and we thought they were going to go down as soon as, I mean, like eight weeks ago. But um, similar seasons, uh, Huddersfield a little bit worse, uh, scoring less goals and allowing more goals, um, but taking just three less points. But both teams had marquee wins. uh, Brighton taking points against United, taking points against Arsenal this season. Although, do we count Arsenal as a marquee win anymore? Um, And Huddersfield (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I gotta take every dig I can, right? I mean, do they even have a coach now? Come on. And how does uh, like Arteta? <laughs> That's who's in line. He's gonna, yeah, he's probably gonna be the coach. Which he was in their coaching staff for a it's while. It's not. It's not the worst hire you could have made. You could have hired Sam Ardiche. <laughs> you could have. Yeah, I don't know if you could hear me laughing. <laughs> anyway, Huddersfield, it's like you said, Huddersfield doing the damn thing, taking points from Chelsea and City at the end of the year and getting a little bit of help um, from, from Swansea, who you know, lost to relegated Stoke the last game of the year, but they pretty much knew they were eliminated and they didn't get their result the week before. So yeah. if, if, if we were to do our way too early um, teams to be relegated for next year, though, do you think either or both of these teams would be in your relegation zone? I think Huddersfield is for sure. I don't think their manager, Wagner, he might stick around for one more year, but I don't think he's there. He's definitely there, not there long-term. He's clearly looking for another job. He did. He was successful in kind of the two stages of that, this type of coaching transition. You get the team up and you keep them there for one year. There's nothing left. He really needs to prove. He just can kind of go and take a bigger job if he needs, if he wants to. Uh, Brighton, I think I like a little bit more. They just had a little bit more punch offensively. Uh, I think, of, you know, they, they did take points off of bigger teams in terms of they beat Arsenal and Man U, uh, which is, I think, a little bit more than, than Huddersfield. Uh, but, yeah, I would definitely put um, at least Huddersfield on my, like, next to go down. Um, but, you know, they kind of both 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 teams did what they need to do. They got up and they didn't immediately come back down. And if it's just a year or two years that they're in the Premier League, like that's that's progress. And you hope you you bounce right back up in, in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, moving up, Watford. I mean, what's there to say about Watford? This is a pretty typical Watford season. Yeah, I think it's a little disappointing. They're yeah. I, they're a little better than this. And they had. They kind of blew that game against uh, Tottenham late in the year. I think that was not a good Tottenham game. Uh, they got crushed by Arsenal and Liverpool back-to-back, uh, which is pretty bad. They got blown out by a lot of the best teams. Basically, they got blown out by the best teams in the league and kind of scraped by um, the you know the worst teams. So I think I would be a little disappointed if I'm a lot fan. I would expect more especially with this roster. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So I don't, and then this does, isn't a dig, and it's not meant to sound like a dig, but I don't know how to gauge expectations as a mid to bottom of the table fan of a team, if that makes sense, as a fan of a mid to bottom of the table yeah, team. Yeah, I know what you're um, saying, yeah. You know, like Watford, are they better than this? Yeah, I mean, they're probably like a, 11 10 9 team right but does that mean are you di- like there's no difference in terms of the only difference that could possibly be made is you make a little bit more money for coming in 11 10 9 versus 14 15 um but overall i mean as a fan are you just happy that your team is playing in the premier league next year or are you like oh we should have been better i think with a team like watford You've got a, a lot of young talent outside of like Troy Deeney, but like you want a little bit more, I think, from a Charleston. He did not finish well. His XG is was like near 11, but he only scored five goals. So he, he didn't have a great kind of campaign, which is unfortunate because he's he, probably not going to He had a great middle. 
he had a great middle of the year. I think yeah, he had a really good start and a good middle, but definitely tailed off towards the end. I think for, if yeah. you're Watford, you're looking for like, are you building? You know, you made made the Premier League a couple of years ago. You stayed up last year. And you'd expect just like incremental progress. And I don't know if this is quite an incremental progress type of year, but you're still around. So at that point, you, you know, you're cashing checks. So I guess they, I'm not a hundred percent certain on this, but they entered the same year as Lester. Um, that seems right. I think they're two years now up in the Premier League. So, I mean, if they have, if they did enter the same year as Lester, which is, no, I, I think it's been more than two years. Either way, I mean, I, I think, like, gauging yourself against Leicester is not the worst benchmark uh, for teams like this. I mean, you know, they're probably working off similar um, similar salary, similar team salaries and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, it, it's, it's tough when you're, it's tough when you're a team and, and you really... Like your position in the table is just based on like getting results against teams that are worse than you, and it seems like Watford had some chances to get results off of strong teams like Tottenham, like you're saying. Um, although they got pummeled by City, they got they did get pummeled by a, a lot of teams. Yeah, they got um, beat by a lot of good teams pretty badly. Watford looks like Watford joined in the 2015 year, which I don't know if Leicester was it was that year as well, but right around uh, the same time. Uh, I think Leicester won in 2016. They won in 2015-16, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. Um, Anyway, it's, like I said, I I think gauging yourself against Leicester is not the worst just because these are teams that have similar caps. um, And and really, these teams should be able to attract players from top leagues around Europe who just want to get a chance in the Premier League. Um, Watford's a good place to go. It's They seem to doing a pretty good job of staying in the Premier League. West yeah. Ham, I think it's a down year for West Ham. Um, so I think it's actually an interesting year for West Ham because they started off so, so poorly. They're actually in the relegation zone for a while. Um, and then they just went on a little bit of a tear, got themselves out and sort of stayed out. Overall, how do you feel about West Ham's finish in the table? I, I think right where I kind of expected them. I don't... Interesting. I, I think there was a... I think their talent is a little overrated. Um, I think Andy Carroll's, I mean, okay, that's a terrible example. Um, <laughs> I think Chicharito is overrated as a player. I think Lanzini is a little bit overrated. I think. I like, I like Arnautovic. Arnautovic was not, I like him too, but he was definitely not uh, expected to be as good as he was this year. And he was a, he was a pleasant surprise, I think. And I probably helped keep them, you know, up a little bit, but like pa- Pablo Zabletta, like no Joe Hart. No, like I don't think they're as good as a roster. Easy man. Joe Hart is feelings. He just got rejected from the England world cup squad. Yeah. And now England might get out of their group. So good for them. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think this is right in line. I don't, I never was very, I'm also still bitter about watching uh, Tottenham draw, uh, draw this team um, and have to score wonder goal to, to draw it. But I just, I don't, I don't, this is right in line with what I was expecting with West Ham, I guess. I, I'm not impressed with the roster, but they've got somewhat big names. They'll spend some money this summer because they're a London club. So they'll have money and they'll um, probably be right around this, this, this uh, place on the table next year. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's fair. I don't see many teams that they could leapfrog. 
Um, and I really do believe Southampton is going to improve next year. So I could see actually Southampton t- overtaking them. Bournemouth. Bournemouth's an interesting team. Bournemouth actually had a lot of results this year. Um, that kind of surprised me. I am really high on Eddie Howe. Uh, I just think he's a great manager. I like, I like coaches in the Premier League who wear uh, sweatpants. Um, and, and Eddie Howe is like one of the few who do it. Um, uh, so yeah, going- I agree. they also had a pretty brutal start. They lost their first four uh, four games pretty poorly too. So I've, they they recovered nicely, and they had some great results too. They beat Chelsea and Arsenal. I mean, they crushed Chelsea, crushed Chelsea uh, right. in the, in late January there. So and they finished strong too. Got a nice result at Burnley in the last last day of the year. So. Yeah, I think this is a pretty pretty successful season. Um, I don't know. I don't recognize any of these names except for Jermaine Defoe and Joshua <laughs> King. So I guess Jordan uh, Ibe too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. They have some. I think they got Josh King, um, if I remember correctly, mid-season. Yeah, he was their biggest uh, big scorer. Yeah. yeah. Um, my one gripe about Bournemouth is just watching games that they're, oh, God. So they have, like, the way the cameras are set up in there, they're just watching a corner kick. It's actually, like, the worst. It's like that angle you hate when you're playing FIFA. Oh, yeah, and, the, like, Italy angle. Yeah, yeah, actually, exactly. Uh, which is really annoying because I like playing as Italy, and then they just do that. Um, but Bournemouth, I, I, again, I, I, think, I think Bournemouth is exactly, uh, they gave exactly what I expected, mid-table finish. Um, they surprised me in the amount of goals they scored, um, but giving up 61 goals is not anytime you're over that 60 mark, really over that 50 mark, but 60 especially. Um, it's not an ideal season defensively. Uh, they're going to have to shore that up. They had, if you remember earlier, uh, earlier, I want to say probably last month, actually, not this month, they had a stretch where they had scored a goal in every single Premier League game uh, this year, and that actually ended by let's see Liverpool. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, towards the end of the year. Yeah, it, it was Liverpool. So they wound up scoring a goal, a goal in every Premier League game until uh, mid-April, which is impressive. Um, and then they got shut out two games in a row. But you ready, you ready for the segue? But you know what's really impressive about that is our next team, who scored just as many goals as Bournemouth without scoring any in the first seven games of the year. Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about Palace for a minute, Ryan. Do you think that the Premier League was more top-heavy this year compared to previous years? And the evidence I'll use for that suggestion um, or that argument is that Palace didn't score a goal for seven games, and they wind up finishing mid-table. They only have a minus 10 GD. Uh, all things considered, they didn't. They were in the relegation zone for like half the season, but that was because of the terrible start. They really were out of the relegation zone I mean, for a team that didn't get a goal in their first seven games uh, with relative ease, um, and do you think just the top teams were were doing a good job of taking points from lesser competition? Uh, yeah, of this year, I think at least the, definitely the top team, and I think the top two teams for sure, uh, United and City, both did a really good job taking team points off of bad teams. As much as we clowned on United for losing a couple of games here and there. Uh, Palace, uh, yeah, looking now, Palace basically took to the midway point of the table to get out of relegation, despite 
the first quarter of the season, not scoring anything. Um, I think their GD is a little inflated. They had five against Leicester uh, towards the end of the year, uh, two against West Brom to finish. So it's, that's a little, they they outscored Leicester eight, nothing in their two games. Jesus Christ. Um, I, yeah, I think you're right though. There is definitely some truth to palace being able to get out of relegation and move to the middle of the table because, there there was a weakness in the bottom part but also remember back in march when we had such a crazy collection and bunching between like 11th and 18th so i think this is a bit of a symptom of that of just palace ends up at 44 but that's really four points away from brian at 15th so it's still it's still pretty clustered down there and i think they just you know eventually they started goals started to go in and they started to play a little bit better and more you know like the talent that they have because i think they're a pretty talented team they're kind of they always scare me when they play spurs like wilhard zaha always always kind of terrifies me patrick van alho is good i like sacco although he didn't play a ton this year but yeah it's a good team and they they deserve to to stay up and i think deserve this finish uh i really like how Zaha has been playing recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's very dangerous kind of along the wing and using his speed. And he's finally kind of putting the pieces together a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's, I'm not going to say young, but he's, he's relatively young for having, for being the guy. Um, you know, he was the guy last year for, for palace, but they're a little bit all over the place last year. Um, yeah. His last uh, couple of games he had was averaging, you know, four or five shots a game, had a couple of goals late in the year. Like, yeah, he definitely finished strong. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ben Teke uh, had a pretty decent season. I like their midfielder. I'm going to butcher his name, but Milos, Milovic, <laughs> um, Luka, the, the, I, think <laughs> I think his first name's Luka or Lucas yeah, or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's a strong team. I, I would, Keep. I, I. I would say they. They stay up. And honestly, Crystal Palace is in London. Pretty attractive place to come. If again, if you're uh, playing in a top European league and and looking to make that switch to the Premier League. Yeah, and I like their stadium. It's a nice like band, uh, band box. Like it's smaller capacity, but it seems like it's loud and and pretty pretty intense at times. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Newcastle. So Newcastle loves Rafa Benitez. That's all we hear. Um, he's not going to be there soon, but they love him. <laughs> you, think, you think so? So why do you think that? Because I mean, he does, he's pulling the Rafa Benitez thing where he's been, I, I think rightfully so this time, but complaining massively about the, the lack of investment, the funding Newcastle's ownership group is this weird, had this weird thing where someone like tried to buy the team and they were ready to like sell the team but then they like asked where the money was and there was actually no money and it's just it's this whole weird saga and you know rafa rallied the troops and rallied his his players but while complaining about how crappy and how he couldn't get anyone new and couldn't get any talent so it's just this weird year um i mean they they played well and they they stayed up and they took they had a couple of really nice results that chelsea game was awesome the last game of the season they they took it to a team that clearly didn't care anymore, but still. Uh, so, but I, I think Rafa's gone. He's going to, I don't know what jobs exactly. I could see him taking like whichever top Italian team doesn't get their first target, like Napoli, maybe. Because um, I think uh, Napoli's manager's leaving. So I could, 
I think something along those lines. So the interesting thing I think about at Newcastle is like they have a lot of the core group that was actually relegated. Yeah. Um, and and it always bothered me because I know this team. I knew this team was capable of playing the way that they did this last game of the season. I mean, again, it's mostly that core group. Um, you know, guys like Ayuzi Perez, Dwight Gale, Matt Ritchie. Um, they, DeAndre oh, Yeldon. Yeah, DeAndre Yeldon, yeah. I don't, he, I don't, played, he played 34 games for them. He was important. He, no, he was. He was important. Um, it, it, it always bothered me. I didn't me say good. That. You said important. Um, it always bothered me about that team, that they were unable to sort of put the pieces together. And the, you know that Newcastle team that got relegated sort of reminds me of Swansea this year. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's a team that really wasn't able to gel well. They, they went down. They somehow got wrapped of Benitez to, to come to Newcastle. And now not only have they been promoted, but uh, they were, I mean, convincingly stayed in the league, uh, finishing against uh, teams that probably would have, wouldn't have picked them to finish above. Um, and yeah, I think I had them pegged around like 15, 14 to 17 um, when they, yeah. when we started the year. Yeah. And, and really I, I think that result against Chelsea uh, caps off, what I would say is a pretty successful season for them and, and something that they could build on. Um, all right, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll do the top of the table. So Leicester had an interesting year. It's kind of a roller coaster year. Um, they really were looking like they might pull into a European spot, and then all of a sudden, this last I don't know, ten, eight, eight to ten games, they really just fell apart. Yeah, pretty um, rough, pretty rough way to end the year. Yeah. So that overall, how do you view Leicester's season? Because they did finish top half of the table, and they are still working with really not that much. Yeah, it's really not that much, but I think there is there's still talent here. I'm I'm shocked that Riyad Mahrez is still on Leicester. Yeah, right. Every <laughs> single year, I was thinking that actually. You know, like yeah. Vardy, Vardy will stay because he's kind Vardy, of the fan. Vardy doesn't favorite. really have much much signing value for. for yeah, you right? know what you're getting. I'm I'm more I'm more shocked that like Arsenal just didn't never had never overpaid for him to score three goals in a, and be disappointing. So. But I think he also, if he fits in well with Leicester and that he can get the minutes and get the touches and he's a good poacher. So they have a good team. So I think this is kind of right, right. I'll say in line of expectations, they, they had, they still have a lot of talent. Like Ian Acho didn't have a ton of games. He was hurt, uh, but is a good player. Shinji uh, Okazaki, a good player. Uh, Christian Fuchs, Fuchs, uh, Wes Morgan, I think is pretty good. Uh, Harry Maguire had the most minutes on the team and will probably get some playing time for England this year uh, and this summer in the world cup. So they have a strong team. Uh, They just, they do have some pretty weird looking uh, results on their, their schedule, you know, losing five, nothing to Palace. We mentioned that they got blown out by City. Everyone gets blown out by City. They lost to Palace. Yeah, I, I mentioned it before. They got blown out twice. Like, I, I think for them, um, it's a disappointing season because they actually had a chance at silverware with the league with the league cup um, with the league cup. So they they wound up losing to City on penalties, 
and they had a chance because uh, if I remember the penalties correctly, City missed first. I, I have I, to. Yeah, I'm going to assume you're right, and they they probably could have beaten Arsenal too in the finals. I think they would have. Yeah, they would have oh, given yeah. them a game. I mean, every yeah. time they, every, I, I actually love watching the Leicester Arsenal game because they always, for some reason, are able to take it to Arsenal. Um, yeah, I, they did have a lot of weird results this year. It was a really, really poor end to the season. Uh, they actually bonded up beating Arsenal at, at, with that uh, the second to last game. Yeah. Um, again, taking it to Arsenal, but but the games before that, I mean, losing to West Ham, losing to Palace. Uh, tying Southampton, losing to Burnley, losing to Newcastle. So not the re- losing to Chelsea, not the results you wanted to get, but they did give us a banger on the last game of the season with Tottenham. That was, I don't know if you had a chance to catch any of that. That was. I, I watched a decent chunk of it. It's great when you don't care what the result final oh, it is in a Tottenham game and just enjoy the, the shit show that that was. It was awesome. Yeah, think, the like, best part is the expected goals. The total and expected goals is four. So you just got <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering, so like, the, I mean, for those two teams, they really had nothing to play for, right? So I, what you can envision is like sort of a board meeting type thing where both teams are in there and they're just like, all right, let's just uh, not play a lot of defense and put an entertaining uh, <laughs> and game. And now Eric Lamella will score two tap-ins, which it's like, what? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't one, one was an own goal though, right? So own, own goal-ish. Um, yeah, there was a lot. I lost track. I, I think for Leicester, it's it's tough because, you know, we keep, it, it's like you just said, you know, I can't believe Mares is still on the team. I can't believe Vardy's still on the team. And this sort of Leicester core is not getting any younger. So I it's hard for me to gauge expectations for the next year. Um, I, I think they should be shooting for Europa League. But at the same time, I, I think that even that's a stretch because it's just really hard to break into the top eight really um yeah i think which they almost did but they almost did i think they have to be content and just kind of hold the pieces together as much as you can and and honestly i'd be putting money into your youth system and you know the the lower tier league scouting and try to get the next mares and uh vardy to come through because you're right those guys may not be on the team very much longer nor may not be at their 2015 peaks for much longer right uh, we got to talk about Everton. So Everton, Big Sam, Big Sam did it in a lot of ways. Uh, also, Everton, then got fired. Well, no, he didn't get fired. He left. Um, Everton was at the bottom of the table. Big Sam comes in, and Big Sam, and he does a job. But at the same time, I think he had the most to work with out of teams that were towards the bottom of the table. I mean, Everton is a pretty big salary, pretty big players. Um, granted, they were in. The Europa League, they got absolutely smothered in the Europa League. Um, yeah, really, they didn't make it out of their group, did they? No, I think they finished in dead last, if I remember correctly. Um, no, nah, it's not. Um, yeah, I, interesting year for Everton. I mean, how do you feel overall? They, they wind up finishing in eighth place, and I still feel like it was a disappointing year for them. <sighs> yeah, I, you're right that that eighth place finish like fits... Everton, I guess, like, if you're Everton and you look before the year, you think, well, we should at least be seventh um, behind the top six. They spent a lot of money preseason. They spent, yeah, I think this is why it's disappointing, is that you spend 
50 million on Sigurdsson, you spend a ton of money, not a ton of money, but you bring in Rooney. You've, you've got this team that, you know, is reworked with this. Uh, Walcott came in, I think, middle way, midway through the year, but this team with a lot of hype and then really poor start to the year. And uh, yeah, it's good that they got uh, turned around by Big Sam. I think you're right that the talent was just there for them to, to do that. Right. And yeah, I think with the money you spent, if this was the team like last year's team and they don't spend the money on 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 those guys, yeah, they finished third in their group, but you know had four points and just never had a chance uh, to yeah. get out of there. I mean, they didn't really get a lot from Tucson. They didn't really get a lot from Theo Walcott. Uh, yeah, he was middle middle of the year signing. I think he was he was a bit of a shot in the arm, but they didn't. Play, I think Omar Niasi as much as they should have. Yeah, and he, that's what I was just gonna say. They didn't get a lot yeah. from Niasi, and honestly, they didn't get that much from Sigurdsson. Um, no, I, he was a bit I, of a disappointment. For fifty I, million pounds, you need more than than what he produced. Right. I, I think it's tough. I, I think what they have, they need a coach who's really going to come in and, and change the culture. I think Big Sam came in and did a job. Uh, with he's a caretaker. Team. He's the, yeah, the classic he's a, caretaker manager. He, he is, and it's pretty common in, in at least English football. Well, I mean, it's common in most most leagues. Um, I think Big Sam did his job. I think Big Sam did his well enough to do the same job somewhere else. Um, but they really need somebody to come in and sort of change uh, the Everton attitude. I think they have the players to do it, but now they need the coach to do it. Um, and I don't really have any good suggestions for that right now. Um, sort of see, have to see how the offseason plays out and, and see who's going to be available. Uh, yeah, and if Everton's going to spend the money on the players, I think you go big in the manager and say, uh, like, Allegri leaves Juventus. Um, I think you dump truck money uh, on his door and try to bring someone like him in. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, like, just swing for the fences. There's no reason not to. Yeah, you could swing for the fences, or or there's a lot of you know you brought in you brought a Wagner, uh, Wagner, and there's also I I, I love him. I'm saying it, Eddie Eddie Howe should be uh, coaching somewhere else aside from Bournemouth. Um, yeah, I think Eddie Howe would be a good a good fit. Um, I think so. And it, Everton Everton is that perfect stepping stone team uh, for for younger or lesser known managers to be making. You know, not quite a leap to a big club, but but a bigger club. Yeah, I mean, it worked out really well for David Moyes, so everyone's happy. <laughs> hey, Did they get relegated? What, what was his team again in La Liga? Was he Sociedad? Uh, I thought he left Sociedad. I, uh, I'm not. I'm not googling him. No, no, they didn't get relegated. Sociedad. Sociedad. They're mid-table, yeah. They had a pretty good scoring scoring record this year. Um, Burnley. It's got to be a good season for Burnley, right? They almost finished with a positive GD. Yeah, and despite not scoring any goals, it's great. No, I think they they had a really good year. They it took scalps when they needed to. They, I'm just scrolling through their results and I'm seeing so many zeros and ones, which is the perfect Burnley listen, experience. Listen. <laughs> I, I I think staring at the table is worth talking about because they are such an interesting like outlier in so many ways, right? Seventh place. <laughs> averaging less than a goal a game and basically averaging a goal against a game. They took points from more games than Arsenal did. Um, I, I I could see why they shone, assigned Sean Dyche for another, what was it, five, four or five years? Yeah. I mean, they, he is doing so much with so little. 
I, I think just incredible coach. They're, they're well-organized. Everybody understands their role on the team. Um, and he's able to get results uh, from, you know, not necessarily big clubs. He, I think, I think Burnley's model is a good model for, for promoted teams and, and just lesser teams with, with smaller uh, salaries to, to work off of. Um, you know, they don't, you don't need to be going into these big clubs and winning. You just need to if, go in and with the attitude, okay, we need to take a point here and we'll take care of ourselves at home. Um, and Burnley, for the most part, was able to take care of themselves at, at their uh, at their own stadium. Yeah, they what is I'm looking. I just noticed this feature, which is really interesting for Burnley. Burnley in the this whole year from the sixty first, the last half an hour of the game. So say the the last third, they uh, they scored eighteen goals, and I think they had what thirty eight in total, which yeah, is they only, they only had thirty six. So that was thirty six. So goal. yeah, half of their goals came in the last third of the game. They, despite the fact that their like expected goals against um, for that was much much higher than what they actually allowed, so they just basically could weather the pressure just like we saw. Like this is where stats and your, your eye test meet up. They could weather the pressure against good teams and get a late goal and get a result. Uh, whether that's, you know, beating a good team or, or sneaking in a draw at the last second. Yeah. Like they did against city. That, I remember that game back in February. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, that game back in February was great. That was, I think that was, uh, they scored in the 81st minute to tie. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the second or third time city dropped points. And I was just like, wow. I mean, the two times city had dropped points at that point were like Burnley and Everton. It was incredible. And at that point, Everton was still closer to the bottom half than they were to the top. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Burnley's, yeah, business model for for the league is great. Seventh place is amazing. They're going to be playing in the Europa League next year, which Burnley in the Europa League. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. It, it, it's going to be great to see, just see those players get the opportunity uh, to to play some, uh, yeah, to to be traveling wherever they're going to be traveling all around Europe. Uh, and I'll be interested to see how they handle it. To be quite honest, I mean, with the, with games like that, you need depth, and Burnley certainly doesn't have that much depth. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they don't have any depth, but <laughs> I'm being nice. Right. But I mean, the interesting thing is with like the way they play, it's just, you know, are these players interchangeable? Are they just role players? Um, and yeah, with- they do have a lot of players that played between like 15 and 25 games. So they do have, they do have bodies to throw out there and they have, a, they have a decent number of dudes that pick up. They had, I'm not counting them all, they had, you know, a good chunk of dudes who had at least one goal. They had a whole, whole, like, pile of guys who had at least an assist. So they did have contributions from a lot of people. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how they handle Europe with, because this is what Tottenham ran into, uh, has run into the last couple of years, um, particularly uh, like two or three years ago, where, yes, you're in Europe and you have depth, but you you're just not quite good enough depth yet to actually go and win European games. You still have to play your starter, so you're still causing those guys to eat up your minutes. And Burnley's going to run into that in a lesser lesser stage, but they're still going to run into that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair comparison for Tottenham. I think a more accurate comparison is probably comparing them to like when Wigan was in the Europa League. Not oh, just I also hope... Burnley's in around the Premier League in two years. <laughs> Wigan was think, that was rough. <laughs> I, I think they'll be in the Premier League. Um, 
Uh, overall, I mean, it's just an unbelievable season by Burnley. Uh, again, Sean Dyche doing a great job. Um, and, you know, I, I just hope that they're able to uh, I hope that they're able to prove themselves in Europe and whether that means advancing or not, you know, I don't, I, I think. Tate I think that's playing, kind of besides the point at this point. Yeah, it, exactly. Tate, just playing teams tough. Uh, Cause they're probably going to be in like the West. I mean, they can't, they, they're, yeah, they're probably in it. Although England has a really good coefficient. So I could see them getting like, I don't know how many pots there are in Europa, like 15. So they could be in a decent pot. <laughs> um, yeah. I have no idea the pots. Um, yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do. And I think, you know, any result they get is just gravy. Um, Arsenal. So interesting year for Arsenal as much as we crap on Arsenal. Um, obviously, sixth place is not ideal, but they make a final. They make a domestic cup final. They make the Europa League semifinal. Um, they played a lot of games this year. And and sure didn't get the result in the domestic table, but overall, is the lack of silverware a problem, or was this? Let's put it. Let's word this another way. Was this a good swan song for Arsene Wenger? Okay, so I was that was not prepared to answer that question. I think, yeah, this definitely was a year of transition. Is a good way of saying it that yeah. they. You know, you're cycling a lot. Not only are you cycling the manager and not, they're clearly going to go for, I think, a big cycling talent, too. Like right. You already you lost to Lexus. You bring in Aubameyang and um, the other guy who I'm forgetting now because I can't see him on this this list. Um, <laughs> Mkhitaryan, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I it's just a weird year. I think it, I think they. I think it's disappointing when you don't have any silverware and you're finishing. Not only are they finishing in six, but they're finishing in six by a pretty. They were out of it for a little while, you know. They were never in it. Yeah, they were really <laughs> never in it. That that gap started to really grow in like basically midway through the season. So they and then you know they never caught up. You know, lots of dysfunction I think behind the scenes. Uh, you know, rumors of players not training hard and players, you know taking stuff for granted. And I think there's going to be obviously a new manager, but there's gonna be a lot of transition. I would get, honestly, I, I like Ozil. I think he's a great player, but I also think he does not fit this team. You cannot build a team around him. He needs to be a, he needs to be a luxury item. He can't be your primary go-to guy. Yeah. I mean, 13 losses. That's a lot for a top six team. And some uh, embarrassing losses too. And some embarrassing losses, and not only 13 losses, but allowing 51 goals uh, is a lot for an Arsenal team. Um, both both are not characteristics of, of certainly a top six squad, but but Arsenal in general. They lost uh, to Stoke. They did lose to Stoke. It wasn't that early in the year. Though? It was the second game of the year. Yeah, it was, it was very early. In they the also year. lost to Brighton and Swans. Uh, look, they had some bad losses. <laughs> um, so... I, I agree with you. I think it's a transition year. I, I think all of what you said is accurate. But when you look at the other top five teams above them, I, this is exactly where I would place Arsenal, isn't it? I, it's where I place Arsenal this year. I think that I, I'm really just waiting to see who they hire. And I'm trying to not be biased here. And I, I want to agree with you that they're the seventh best team in England. Um, you see what I did there. Um, but they... If they hire the right, if they bring in the right person who fits and they, 
you know, spend a hundred million pounds this summer and, and move off dead weight and bring in new players. Like they could be right back up in the, the top four again. So I think do this you, year fits, you, fits the talent really th- of the team. Do you really think that? Do you really think? I do because I, of, Obama Yang did have a good half of the year. Like when he was there, he was scoring. He had 10 goals in 13 appearances. Like that's good. He, you know, he, he seemed to click well with Nick Atarian. Uh, he obviously, uh, Lacazette, I think that was a disappointing uh, signing, but Lacazette feels to me like one of those guys that is disappointing his first year, but you look back two years later after the signing, you're like, actually, you know what? That fits well. He, he's he's contributing. He just takes, Sometimes it takes guys a little longer to to fit. And I, I think there is talent, and I think with a, a good manager and a, a bit of a refresh on this roster, they could be top four potential again. Who do you think? Who do you think they could overtake that? I just think the top four is crowded. And it's, I agree. Yeah, I, that's why I'm saying potential. I think yeah. um, they could they could very well finish in sixth next year uh, with 75 points and just and like have an objectively better year, but just right. be in the same position because everyone gets better. Right. I mean, I think there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding Chelsea, uh, the team, the manager, the just everything. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think overall it's a tough season for Arsenal, just given the 63 is a relatively low number of points for them. Um, getting blown, yeah, getting blown out in the league final. Like, yeah, they made a cup final, but really just never being in it against City. And not only that, I mean, they had the chance. They played City the week before, or not even the week before, like a couple of days before. You had the chance to adjust for the final. And there was just uh, there was never a chance, and even and there was never games. a chance. Was exactly. Um, I think that's probably when uh, Wagner or Wagner was like, "I'm done." You just get yeah. pants twice like that by a peer, and you're you're got to be done with it. <laughs> Although he claims he's not retiring, he's just leaving Arsenal, so he might pop up in uh, in league on in a couple of years. He said he said he only wanted to take short term projects. So I think was the quote, which I think is an interesting strategy as a guy for his age. Oh yeah, I mean, actually, that makes a ton of sense. Like, if he can be take a team for two years and either caretaker or do the do the uh, he do the PSG job for two years and then Neymar leaves and you know it all falls apart. But whatever, like, go win some <laughs> Neymar, silverware. Neymar might be gone this year. Yeah, I think I, he is. I think he's in Madrid next year. I think. I think overall, yeah, it's a tough season for them. And then the other thing is with the Europa League semifinal. I mean, they just really didn't put up a much of a fight against Atletico uh, in Madrid. Um, that was the other downside. A little bit disappointing there. Madrid was able to scrape by with a, with um, uh, with a relatively easy win. Uh, yeah, I, that that tie was decided by the fact that Arsenal had a ton of shots and the man advantage at home and didn't didn't come away with more than and a and, allowed, I mean, and allowed that goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just poor defending ultimately sent Madrid through. Um, yeah, overall down year for Arsenal. I think we've spent too much time talking about Arsenal. Chelsea, uh, similar down year. We're just just right again. Uh, no down year. This team is t- actually. Hmm, maybe I take that back. Right, right where we expected them. I think. They- I see. I was always in the camp, and I believe we have early pods for this. I was always in the camp that they overachieved last year. Yeah, I mean they they didn't they weren't the best team in the league last year for sure. I definitely think they overachieved. I, I think they did a decent job of trying to fix some of their shortcomings midseason this year by signing Giroud. 
Um, yeah, he was a good, he was a good signing, but yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't good enough to paste over um, the the holes there. I think I I don't remember what other podcast I heard this on, and I'm going to trust that they're right. But Eden Hazard led Chelsea in, I think, like almost every like midfielder to attacking statistical category, like goals, um, not assists, but goals, shots per game, key passes per game, like leading the breaks per game. So like how often he's the guy with the ball, like on the leading the break. And also like the most receiver of like passes in the attacking zone in the game. He basically just like led Chelsea in every, every category offensively basically was their only offensive player outside of like William and, he might be gone. And so you're, that's going to be a very big hole to fill with, you know, bring back some of your loanies and, and it'll just be an inter- interesting off season too for them. Yeah. I don't know why, but for some reason I think so. So his quote was, I'm going to leave the club unless we make some big signings and blah, 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 and actually work towards champions league next year. Right. I, for some reason, I think I remember him doing this with Mourinho, like around when they were rumored to be having a spat, um, this team has a great core. I really like Hazard, obviously. I like William. Um, Conte Dominic, is still fantastic. Conte is fantastic, but I, goal, you're talking about Angola Conte, yeah. Yes, Angola uh, Conte, yeah. It, it was slightly confusing. Yeah, Conte is fantastic. I really like Marcus Alonso. Um, great hair, by the way. Fantastic uh, hair. I like Andreas uh, Christensen, too. I think he has... And for as much uh, for as much crap as we give him, David Luiz being injured for a lot of this year hurt them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially for a team that where he liked playing a back three for a while. You know, we always say that having David Luiz in a back three is risky, but um, he was out. Yeah, it's risky against Barcelona in the Champions League, but it's not risky against Stoke. You yeah, know. exactly. Your your team of choice in the Premier League. Um, but it's a disappointing year. I mean, finishing fifth, not really putting up a fight to get into fourth place. Uh, on the last day of the season, getting blown out, obviously, by Newcastle, which we already covered. Yeah, and drawing um, Huddersfield the week before is, I think, and a drawing, bigger exactly. indictment. Yeah, And drawing Huddersfield. It's like you got the win against Liverpool, right? All you needed yeah. to do was apply pressure to a Liverpool side, which can crack under pressure, and they just didn't do that. Um, I think they were one of those teams that did a really good job of picking up points uh, against lesser competition like we were talking about. Um, but overall... It, it was it's tough. It was tough watching them against. I thought they were disappointing in the Champions League uh, against Barcelona. Against yeah, Barcelona. I mean they had one good semi good result against Barcelona that you know didn't didn't last exactly. Uh, and then and then the the League Cup losing to Arsenal. I mean they they were just their season was tough. Uh, no Champions League football next year. I think they'll have the opportunity to. It, it's sort of that blessing and cur- it curse. Well, I guess you want to word it curse and blessing in this case, because obviously, <laughs> well, I mean, obviously it's, it's disappointing that you don't make the champions league. Right. But it's one of those seasons where, okay, we don't have champions league football and you can be one of those teams, you know, where now the expectations are probably a little bit higher because you're, you have more rest. You're not traveling as much. Um, and, and really you just have a good enough team where you should be challenging for champions league football. Yeah, they they definitely could be one of the. I mean, this is the Chelsea way, right? They're gonna fire Conte. They're gonna hire like Sarri from Napoli. They're going to bounce right back and you know not if not win the league, finish in the top three because 
while everyone else is in Europe fighting, they're, they're playing, you know, either out of Europa League or, you know, not caring about Europa League. So I totally could see this, the Chelsea bounce back year happening next year right away. And that they have, they have talent. They have a massive loan system. They can recall guys. I think they're going to, they're going to also go through a pretty massive amount of change. I think Courtois could be gone. We said Hazard. I think I would shuffle off uh, Cesc Fabregas maybe, or think about it at least. There's, there's, there's a good core, but there's also holes to patch with with talent. Exactly, and and we know that they're not afraid to. Well, they own like half of the players in the world, but we also <laughs> know that they're not afraid to spend money to to fix their problems. So, um, I, I expect Chelsea to not necessarily finish in a higher position next year, but um, but to be challenging uh, for the top four spot. Uh, Liverpool. So I'll let you talk about Liverpool first, and then I'll I'll fill in the patches. <laughs> uh, this this has to be considered a positive season. You have you know the best Europe your Europe uh, campaign since what when, when they almost won a couple uh, like a decade ago with the Gerard teams. Uh, they kind of stumbled towards the end of the year, but are still going to be back in uh, back in Champions League regardless of what happens in ten days. They have a breakout star in, in Salah that, you know, if he stays fantastic, he's going to score 30 goals again. If he doesn't leave, it's the Coutinho thing where, great, here's a $30 million investment that turns into $150 million that PSG will pay for him. Um, I think they have the big, I think the biggest thing that Liverpool should hang their hat on tactically, outside of obviously like potentially winning the Champions League, is they kind of seem to have figured out the defensive side of the game a little bit. Um, Virgil van Dijk, I think I kind of poo-pooed that signing, but I will eat crow here. He was a great signing. He really did solidify the defense. It was the right person and totally worth the price tag. Dejan Lovren, we trashed. Yeah, and is making players like Dejan Lovren better, right? Exactly. I think he made made Lovren better, made Matip playable. Uh, They they figured that part out, and that's huge. They need to getting Nambi Keita uh, in the midfield is going to help because their midfield depth is suspect, um, and hopefully Ox comes back to full health. I really like watching him and Liverpool much much more than I liked him on Arsenal. No reason there uh, whatsoever, but I think they have the potential to repeat this type of campaign next year, um, and hopefully are. You know, barring massive getting poached, uh, getting their players poached, you know, could be more reloading than rebuilding uh, this summer, too. I think it's very telling when you have the champions who were the champions, like, yeah, realistically, they're the champions a month ago, but come on, they were the champions at like Christmas. So when you have Pep saying, like, the team that I think is going to challenge us next year is Liverpool. And yeah, that was know, the part- after that first four to three game. Uh, against City, that was the kind of the the going line, right? Was the okay, cool, 2017 champs versus 2018 champs, right? Um, I, I think for overall for Liverpool, I mean they only lost five games this year. That was the second least in the league. Um, the thing that the things that they have to fix are they they drew 12 games, so they had a lot of games where um, they weren't they were actually one of the teams in the top six that weren't able to take care of lesser competition. Um, and in part because they were just so they had a lot of different defensive frailties in the beginning of the year um, that again 
we I agree with you. We're patched up towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, I gave you that that uh, number of goals and the number of minutes a little while ago for Liverpool. The seventy six minute uh, plus is the last fifteen minutes of the game. They gave up twelve of their thirty eight goals. And you can't. I, I probably wa- I probably watched. I would say thirty five of those games. So um, that makes sense. And then if you actually broke that down by first and second half of the season, I would venture that uh, second more. half they gave up twenty three versus fifteen in the first half. No, no, I don't mean halves. I mean half of the season. Right? Oh, so I see. If, if you were to break down those twelve goals by first or second half of the season, I'd bet more of those 12 goals in the last 15 minutes fall in the first half of the season. I know a lot of fractions here, but um, yeah, I mean, overall you're in the champions league final, right? And you probably had one of the easier paths in recent memory to the champions league final, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't exactly. It doesn't matter. Right. What I don't understand is like, uh, you know, it's like you have these managers like Mourinho, you have these managers like Conte who downplay the Champions League when they're not in it. Uh, and I, I don't know, I don't think it's like a natural thing for managers to do. I think it's just like a jealous thing. Like, when, I think I mean, it's them deflecting too. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time uh, an English side made the Champions League final? Chelsea, when they won it. But how often has it happened in the last five, ten years? Well, probably not ten years because I think roughly 10 years ago you actually had United play Chelsea in the final but I mean the bottom line is that the English Premier League has not been performing in Europe in the past couple of years and I I think just as a whole uh, teams in the Premier League should be happy that there's an English team in there and I know it's like your rival but I mean this is sort of legitimizing the league um, which everyone says is the best league in the world but really hasn't been playing like it in, in the past couple of years um, good season for Liverpool. I, I, as a fan, I'm happy with it. Um, I just hope they can build on the depth and, and really solidify themselves, uh, for not only, I, I want to see more out of them. I, I don't want to see them drawing 12 games. I want to see them, you know, go deep in the champions league and challenge for the title next year. Um, and I think that's certainly attainable Spurs. How do you feel about the Spurs season? A good year, really solid year. Uh, obviously, a bit of uh, difficult times uh, in the group stage with the uh, with Juventus, but I'm not gonna. I think it's not fair to define the season. Um, we're not quite at the. Uh, we're not a club level yet to say that you're defined by your European success, like a Barcelona or a PSG is. Uh, finishing in third is is I a pretty I think. Right around where I would hope, hoping them, probably a little bit above expectation. That's, come on, it's above expectations. There's no reason to... Uh, I, I, I would think it's above expectations just because uh, I don't know who... Again, I don't know who I would have put them above. I would have put Chelsea probably in the top four. Um, that's why I think it's above expectations for Spurs. But, yeah, that's fair. And again... I, I, I'm sounding like a broken record with old podcasts, but they took a ton of points off of good teams in probably, sorry to break your bubble, but probably the Champions League uh, winner again in Real Madrid, taking four points from them, beating up a really, a, you know, down, but still a decent team in Dortmund in the, in the, the group stage there. And yeah, getting drawn with Juventus, like that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate they lost to Man U in the FA Cup semifinal, but I, 
it's a good result for a team. And now, now to me, this is the summer that you have, as they move into the new building next for the next fall, they have to keep players and, and they have to build the team. They can't just spend all of their money holding the team together. Uh, if that makes sense, they can't, you know, you need to add, I think you need to add a little bit more in the midfield and maybe replace, uh, and you did a ton of fullback help. Uh, Kieran Tripper and Ben Davies are not getting it done. So hopefully Danny Rose comes back to full health and you bring in, um, bring in some, some reinforcements there and, and then keep, keep the guys you need to keep. You keep Kane, you keep Deli Alley, you keep uh Sonny and, and Erickson. Uh, I think Toby Alderweireld is leaving, but I think Davison Sanchez had a shaky season, but is a is a quality is a quality player, and yeah, well, I, I I think there will be a lot of change in a lot of these non Manchester teams this summer uh, in the top top half of the table, real top half of the table here. So and I'm curious to see what happens, and a little nervous at, at, at the same time. Uh, so my question for you is: Does Harry Kane need better support? I think he is getting a lot of really good support that just isn't recognized. I think Deli Ali, I think Mazin in particular hates on, doesn't think is good, but I think that's because Deli Ali has kind of moved his game to a support role to Kane. It's hard. Um, he went from, I'm bringing it up now, this year he averaged two shots a game. Um, last year he averaged two, almost three, two and three quarters games. But in the same token he went from one and a half key passes uh, a game to two to key passes a game so he i think he truly kind of switched in his play from you know trying to look in goal first to looking to set up Kane first so in my mind he's getting support i think he could use again support from the wings a little bit more um kind of sunmin um sung human had a great year individually but was a lot of taking his own shot and um, getting, I think Lucas Mora also is a interesting as we go along and, and he gets more integrated in the team next year, he will be an interesting piece. He looked really good against Leicester in that last game, um, as another kind of midfield wing piece. So I think he has plenty of help. Um, and, but for me, it, it's the wide players that, that we I need thought, the, the biggest fix. I on. thought Dembele looked good when he, when he was playing, um, yeah, he was the engine for a lot of yeah, a lot of their stuff, and he's probably unfortunately he's probably leaving. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I think I think overall it's a good season for Spurs. I mean, one finishing not fourth but third. <laughs> at least, no, I, at the end of the day, that makes a difference, right? I mean, it, it's one again. One, it's a monetary difference, but two. You know, you weren't you weren't that team struggling to make the champ. I mean, they made the Champions League with ease. They they didn't have to go until the last day. They didn't even have to go until the second to last day uh, of the of the league. Um, and really, they only finished four points behind a Man United team that was pretty solid. So, yeah, overall, I mean, a lot of Spurs fans will take umbrage to the fact that they did qualify as early as you as you're saying because I think a lot of people thought. Tottenham's going to blow it, but I think that's a massive carryover of the Tottenham complex of a fan and not necessarily accurate of reality. I, I think a massive carryover of the Tottenham complex is something that you already mentioned, which is, oh, well, we beat Real Madrid. We, you know, <laughs> we, we, beat, we beat Dortmund. It's like you beat Real Madrid when, when they were, I don't know, there were weird things going on in Madrid at that time. 
Uh, and then now all of a sudden they're in the Champions League final. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great group result, but I think you guys had... Uh, I think you, you know, it was sort of like the gym class heroes of that group. I think you guys tried a lot harder than maybe other teams were trying um, and, and wound up winning the group because of it. God, that's the meanest thing you could say about Tottenham, but it's also probably pretty true. <laughs> um, United, I, I don't think there's a whole lot we have to say about United. I, I would think that you think this is a successful season for United. Uh, no, I think because the, there's so much turmoil and you had such a bomb out in Europe. And I think United is a club that obviously for first and foremost defines himself by domestic success, but you know, they have the talent and they have the squad to have done better in Europe. And they, they, that was just embarrassing the way they finished and like 81 points is kind of a weak second place point total. I think the, the top obviously city blowing everyone away is, is skews that. But I think, you know, he, I don't know. There's just so much drama around Mourinho and like, yeah, they got results, but it was just so if I was a United fan, I would, you have to be happy because you finished in second. You're probably going to win the FA cup. It's like, great. You're going to get a trophy, but it just, it has to, it can't feel good. Um, And I'm going to say that that feeling like that matters. And, so I, I don't know. I just don't – they're just not – I don't know. I just don't like this team. <laughs> it sounds like you feel dirty talking about it. Um, yeah, because there's so, – I really like – I love Pogba, and I really like Martial and Lingard and and these these players. And even, like, Ander Herrera is great. And Alexis Sanchez has his moments. But, you know, it's tough when you're watching – who the fuck was it? The um, – I don't know, that super British name getting played over uh, Paul Pogba. Oh, McTominay. McTominay, thank you. Yeah, like, it's, it, like, ugh, ugh. Yeah, start talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I just, I can't stand Mourinho, right? So now I think there's, yeah. like, the core players. I mean, he he's saying that he's making all these changes and he's getting rid of his, like, coaching staff. But at the end of the day, it's like, I, it's the old adage, like if everyone's an asshole, if everyone, if you're calling everyone an asshole, then maybe you're an asshole. So, yeah. like, I think that applies to Mourinho in this case. It's like, well, oh, 100%, think, yeah. I think if you think if he thinks that everyone else is the problem, it's like, you know, maybe you're the problem. I mean, they just their roster is too good. I think they did a good job of taking care of the games they needed to for the most part. I mean, we we spoke about the Brighton loss. They had a few other losses in there that didn't make sense. Um I think they probably should have challenged City a little bit more. I mean, City, look, 100 points is ridiculous, right? They only drop games and uh, they only drop points in six games. Um, that being said, I think you, I, I agree. 81 is probably a little low for second place. Um, yeah, I mean, and, Tottenham was 86 last year in second place. Right. So, so and, and I, to be fair, I, I forgot about the Sevilla loss. How could I forget about the Sevilla loss? Um, that was a terrible way to go yeah. out. I guess uh, I think what I what hurts about the Sevilla loss, it was just it was because both games in that tie were so peak Mourinho and so indicative of him holding his players back that it's just like, yeah, this is what we'd expect, you asshole. Like, <laughs> this is what you yeah. deserve. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think domestically, they're happy to get second place in what not going to say rebuilding year but in what I, I think 
this year was really building up to next year. And I think, yeah, I mean, this year also could have gone off the rails in a lot of times, a a lot of times. Right. And for the most part, he did a good job of, uh, I don't know. They, they, they are an annoying team to watch. They really just get the job done when they need to. Um, and it's annoying. Uh, they're a tough team to play against. Yeah. Um, they, they need to figure out Chris Smalling and Phil Jones should not be your back to defensive. Like, uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, but when you're having Paul Pogba play, you know, so far back, it, it, it helps. Yeah. I think they need to make, even though they have the best defensive record in the league, I think well, they, that's, they, that's David De Gea. That's not the defense. Right. I mean, and that's the other thing, right? Like how many points did David De Gea literally win them this year? Um, uh, I can and, tell you he won them. He saved probably 15 more goals than he should have, and that probably cost, gave them, say, 16 to 18 more points. So, yeah, so uh, it's pretty it's, huge. That that would put them right in the Chelsea Arsenal area. So you know that's that's basically keeping them uh, in in Champions League play. Exactly. So I, De Gea doesn't, you know, great goalkeeper, probably the best in the world, doesn't do that every year. Doesn't make that impact every year. Yeah, that's um, a good way of saying. Exactly. Uh, and then the champions, there's nothing really too much we have to say about the champions. Is it a weird year for them? I mean, they got a, Pep got a double, right? They had one of the best, uh, one of the best domestic finishes ever. Um, but, but getting really blown out in the champions league, uh, it, it, it's, there's sort of like a weird dichotomy to the season. Um, yeah, it's the, the first half of the season was so kind of just, amazing and unbelievable and how they were just blowing teams out of the park and not deciding, you know, they went on a stretch where they, the, in the beginning of the year, not the exact beginning, but they beat Liverpool five, nothing with that red card game, beat Watford six, nothing. And then the next week was palace five, nothing. <laughs> and then Chelsea win. And then a Stoke seven, two win Burnley scored three goals. Like they just were a machine yeah. um, against the, I guess, you know, good teams, but it's, yeah. What I'll, what I'll say about the what I'll say about this team is like it always felt like we were going to have a conversation about their greatness, and now that the season's over, like I'm not hearing that conversation, and that sort of tells me what people think about the team. Yeah, I've, to me that says um, they're at the level of a Barcelona, Madrid, and PSG type team that they're defined now. With, with, as long as Pep is there, they're going to be defined by their Champions League success. Exactly. I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's what they're going to be defined as. So the fact that they did get bombed out to uh, to Liverpool, like that's going to define their season, despite the fact that they were maybe the best Premier League team ever. So. Yeah. Sucks to suck. That's you know this is <laughs> this is what you get when you hire Pep though is you get those expectations along with you know the Pep. Yeah, uh, are they your favorites for next year? Yeah, I mean outside of uh, United uh, signing Neymar and Messi, like, <laughs> and, and then and then firing Mourinho into the sun. So yeah, I, I think they're the favorites next year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, all right, let's take another break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Europa League final quickly and, and really sort of the, what's going on the rest of the season. All right, we're back. Europa League final quick, quickly. Uh, Atletico kind of capitalizes on a Marseille mistake. 
defender can't handle a back pass, scores the goal, does the Atletico thing that, you know, everything we hate about United but love about Atletico, where they just run down the hatches, Marseille is not able to score a goal, and, and they had two more insurance goals. Result you expected, Ryan? Yeah. I like Marseille. They're a good team. I like Dimitri Payet. It's a shame that uh, one of their striker, you know, missed a pretty golden chance early in the game and kind of it was over after that. So I'm, I'm happy for Griezmann. I'm happy for Simeone. I'm happy for this team. I, I, re- I agree with you. I really like Atletico, despite that they're just Spanish, uh, Spanish Manchester United. But I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird to say that, but it, but it's true. Um yeah, I, I I think it's it's exactly what I expected. Um, and, you know, it'll be a fun Super Cup. It'll be fun to either see Liverpool play Atletico or, or Madrid. Um, yeah. It's also weird that, like, now that Diego Costa is on Atletico and not Chelsea, I kind of like him. Yeah, I, and I liked him when he was on during his first stint. And then I, like, he was... Uh, yeah, I liked him when he was on Monaco, too. No, no, not, not Monaco. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of Falco. Excuse me. Yeah, you are thinking of Falco. No, I'm saying I liked him when he was at Atletico in his first stint and then, and then like, became my least favorite player in the world <laughs> when he was on Chelsea. And now, now he, he, I agree, he's completely likable. Um, my worry for Atletico is what's going to happen with Griezmann next year. Um, yeah, reports are little... he's already going to Barcelona. And that's, like, signed, sealed, and delivered. We'll see if that's true, but... Yeah. I, I, it's pretty speculative, um, but overall, not that entertaining of a final. Um, the other final we have to talk about FA Cup. Who do you have for the FA Cup? Uh, I, I think. See, I, I, what I think is interesting is if, if United can take the FA Cup final, then it's a pretty successful scene as in for Mourinho. Um, so, who are they playing? United. I'm going to admit that I don't know who they're playing. Isn't it United Chelsea? I, th- I thought it was. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, United should win. They're the better team, and they have less drama. Uh, what's weird about the FA, these finals is that there's, like, been a couple of weeks or at least, you know, a week since the season ended. So there's kind of at least the media move on to the next, you know, the next round, all the speculations and World Cup and, like, oh, yeah, there's two big, uh, you know, a few big trophies left to be handed out. And so um, I think Chelsea – probably disorganized, not, you know, everyone else is figuring out where they, where they're going to play next and if they're going to qualify the world cup. And I, I think United takes this one. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, don't really have much to add. I, I just think that, I think that United, I, I, I don't think like Chelsea's coming off that three, nothing lost to Newcastle. I really just think their season is over mentally. Yeah. I mean, that's, that happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I think we're going to end it here. So next week, we're going to have our Champions League preview special. We're going to bring Mazin back because I, I, my understanding is he has a lot of hot takes about the game. Um, and we know that he's pretty opinionated. Um, yeah, I feel like we'll, if we need to record from Circa Rules or, I don't know, we'll fly out to... We'll, we'll fly out to... Well, you gotta, it's BYO Yoga Ball, I think. <laughs> BYO YB. Um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get him on and we'll talk the Champions League final next week. Um, but until then, have a good one. You too. See you, man.